All right, everybody, welcome to episode 12 of the Dollar Order Podcast. My name is Nick. For today, we're going to be talking about creating a solid budget. But first, a word from our sponsor. So in this podcast of creating a solid budget, I'm going to walk you through the steps of how to build a budget. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, I already know how to do a budget, okay? I do it every single month. Okay, that's fine. But first of all, hear me out, have an open mind, and let's talk about this. Because I'm going to ask you, did you max out your 401k? How about your IRA? Do you have an emergency plan? And are you still in debt? And if you're doing all these things and you have a solid plan in place, and congratulations, in fact, I wish that you would go to my Instagram account at dollarotter underscore blog. And let me know that because I want to give you congratulations and kudos. Because odds are 75% of Americans, American consumers are not budgeting. So before I get into discussing about how to create a budget, let's talk about some common budgeting mistakes that you guys are making. And I say you guys because I've made these same mistakes. And budgeting is not an exact science. In fact, every single month, I'm even having to tweak mine because of these, some of these common budgeting mistakes. Number one, are you writing your budget down? A lot of people are just kind of winging it. And then other people, they have an Excel product in place or maybe they have a budget template. If you need a budget template, I have one on our website. Go to dollarauto.com, you'll see those. And then are you tracking that? Now, most people are pretty good about either putting all their bills and listing those out onto like an Excel document or a Google Doc, whatever the case may be, but they're not managing it correctly. Remember when we used to have checkbooks? You used to write down every single bill, every single check that you had wrote a check for, and you jotted that down. We don't really do that anymore because of debit cards, it makes it very easy just to swipe the card and forget about it, and then we just check our bank balances. But do banks make mistakes? Of course they do. So what you need to do is kind of get back into the habit of writing it down. Okay, and if you have trouble doing that, then take a look at financial management tools such as like Personal Capital. They have a great resource that can help you with that. Everydollar.com is a great way too to help you establish and set a budget. But another common mistake that people make is they set a budget that is too strict. And when they list, itemize all of their expenses and their income down on a sheet of paper, they do list every single one down. However, they're so strict with it that they can't even follow it. So if you're setting a grocery budget, say of $400 a month, and then every single month you're breaking that because there's just no way that you can stick to that budget. Because maybe the laundry detergent runs out, maybe you didn't have enough diapers for that month, maybe you didn't have the proper coupons like you did the prior month, whatever the case may be, the budget could be too strict to where, well, let's say electricity, you know, utilities, they fluctuate month to month. So maybe that budget is just too strict where it doesn't give you the flexibility to work with that. Okay, so don't make it, I, I know people sit there and say count for every penny, and you can still do that, but be realistic, be realistic in your budget approach. Okay, have a little bit of wiggle room in there in case bills fluctuate and change. Another thing, most common one, and one that we definitely preach at at Dollar Otter, is you forget your annual, maybe your semi-annual expenses that come through Christmas presents. Do you know exactly how much you spent for Christmas? You probably didn't going from January to February when you're planning out your budget ahead of time. Okay, so the odds are you probably either went over or you went under. Hopefully you went under. But forgetting those expenses. Now, annual expenses might be like your auto 
auto registration, car tag renewal, uh, you maybe have a driver's license that's coming up for a renewal, maybe your kids have certain expenses through the school year that you didn't know about. Those could be very difficult to do. However, some of these are, like medical bills is another one that you just don't know about. But you can account for some of those, like say you know your insur insurance renewals are coming up, that's going to be a common one. You definitely know when your car tax is coming up. Maybe you have magazine subscriptions that need to be renewed. So take a look at those and then have a spreadsheet that's long enough that stretches out more than 12 months so you can properly account for those. And then obviously with like the medical bills and all those emergency expenses that comes up, that needs to be focused coming out of your emergency fund. That's why it's very important to have an emergency fund set into place so that you don't make that common budgeting mistake. Another thing is, are you paying yourself first? It can be very difficult to get to that point in the game by building a budget when you see all these expenses and debts laid out but you aren't tithing or you're not paying yourself first by putting money into your savings account. Because what happens, and I've preached on this before in prior podcasts, whether you're making a million dollars a year, $20,000 a year, or 80000 a year, you're going to live within that budget, okay, because it forces you to live restraint. And so if, let's say you're making $20,000 and then you start making $30,000 a couple years later, you gradually increase your standard of living. We all do that. Now go from 80 to a million dollars a year, you're still increasing that standard of living. And so by paying yourself first, you're really forcing yourself to step back a little bit, make sure you're taking care of your, your future self. Because that's the whole point of saving is you're gonna run out of cash eventually. Your right, social security is projected to be broke here in the next 10 years. Um, the country itself has got $22 trillion in debt. How are we gonna pay that off? And then I recently saw on one of the mainstream news that the global world is 250 trillion with a T dollars in debt. The global world's that much in debt. Now I'll do a later podcast. I have some conspiracies on this. Not really a big conspiracy guy, but I am a money guy. And I've been tracking this in the Federal Reserve for quite some time. And I actually am here in Washington, D.C. And so I know a lot of the nuances that kind of goes under play. But we're not talking about that right now. But when stuff hits the fan, how are you going to be able to get through those tight circumstances? And if you get money to fall back on, you don't have to rely on other entities, organizations, maybe the devaluing of your own currency. So take a look at that. Earlier we mentioned having wiggle room. <clears throat> you need to have a little bit of wiggle room, especially like in your budgeting plans, just to make sure that if your utility bills are higher, because obviously your heating is going to be a lot higher in the winter months and your cooling is going to be higher in the summer months. So that's going to fluctuate. And then spring and fall, you know, you might have a pretty low utility bill. And so you don't want to be strict where you're limiting yourself to $80 a month, but then it's unrealistic comes the winter and summertime. So to take a look at your other bills and see how that's being impacted throughout the year. And that's kind of like where I love some of these saving apps like Capital and Acorns, where it rounds up the difference in that and puts it into the savings. It is a very passive way of saving where you don't have to do a whole lot of work. And what I love about Acorns, and I'll put the link down in the show notes, it automatically invests the money for you. And so before you know it, like I started doing that thing a couple months, and then before I knew it, I already had $50 just for one month, just by rounding up the purchases, which I thought was pretty amazing because I didn't know it was really gone. Because, you know, if I'm spending $2.95 on a certain item, say at Walmart, it takes that five cents and automatically deposits it into that investment account for me. It's a terrific way, you know, because what do we used to do with change? We used to just throw it into a piggy bank and forget about it, right? So it's taking that change and investing it for us. And so I think it's a great way. 
not analyzing your budget on a recurring basis. So when you write down your budget, you're taking a look at that. And if you're using one of our budget templates, you need to visit that on a regular basis. It doesn't take that long. Maybe just spend five minutes a week. Maybe on that Friday evening, right before you go to bed, you just sit down with your spouse, your significant other, and you just look over those expenses for like five minutes. The more you do it, the faster you're gonna get at it. Okay, and then it's a great way too to connect with that person with your significant other because then you guys can share where maybe you guys slipped up on your finances, how you can make the corrections the next week. Maybe there's some emergency expenses you didn't know about, but the other spouse just didn't have a chance to tell you yet. And so it's a great way for you guys to analyze that and make those adjustments so you can stay on track for that year. Okay, so when you guys list out your income and your expenses, what I love about our budget templates that we offer is it makes it simple, makes it easy, so you can get through it a lot faster. Because when you're trying to build your own budget, you're going to spend 30 to 40 minutes trying to track down all your expenses. On our templates, it makes it a lot faster and easy. So obviously, just like in a corporation, you're going to list your income at the top. That's going to be your revenue if you're a corporation. And you're going to list those down. So you want to account for all the salaries, any paychecks you get, tips, alimony, child support. Maybe you receive a bonus. Maybe you receive a tax refund. All that is income. Anything that's being deposited into your account is going to count as income. All right, so put that at the very top because that's what we're going to work off of to deduct the expenses. And then look at your expenses and list them out. You know, you might have like housing bills. It's going to count like your mortgage, your HOA, maybe your homeowner's insurance, whatever the case may be. Insurance bills, your utilities, maybe you have debts, credit cards, student loans, even entertainment expenses. A lot of people don't list this on their budget. So if you have stuff like Netflix, maybe a evening that you're going out to see a movie, Maybe even go out to eat. All those are going to be entertainment expenses because it's miscellaneous expenses that you still need to account for. And then giving. You want to make sure you're giving back. All right, maybe you don't go to church. So maybe you're not tithing, but you need to give back to the community. So find maybe like American Heart Association, where American Cancer Association, whatever the case may be. Find a way to give back because it is rewarding on so many levels. Savings. As I mentioned, you got to pay yourself first. Okay, so find the way to where you can get into that habit where you're putting money away for the future. And then list those out. And then what I want you to do is take all your expenses. We're going back to simple math here. Add all those up. And then by each category, so if you have like a housing category, sum that up and divide it by the total of all your expenses and figure out what that percentage is. So say if you have $100 total, this is just for an example, in your total housing category, but your total expenses are $1,000, divide that $100 into $1,000, and it's going to give you 10%. You need to see where the majority of your income is coming from. And by putting your expenses into a percentage category, it keeps a good comparison of apples to apples by using percentages. So that's why I want you to look at that, because over time, each month, I want you to look to see how those percentages change. And what you'll notice is, on some of these, you might see a growing trend. And that's where you can go back to that category itself and figure out where that trend's coming from. All right, so assign certain categories to those. And then next, the total goal is, and it's a common mistake that a lot of people make, is when they do their income and they deduct all their expenses, they either have a surplus, which means more money, or shortage, not enough money, which is when they start falling to their credit cards. If you have a shortage, you need to go back into your expenses and figure out what to cut. Maybe you need to cancel that cable or Netflix or whatever the case may be or not even go out for an evening for that one month. If you have a surplus, 
you need to figure out what to do with that money, whether it's put into savings, put into an emergency fund, wherever it needs to go, your total balance at the end of the month should be zero because every dollar needs to have a category. Because what's gonna happen if you have a shortage or a surplus, let's say surplus first, you're gonna get into the habit of increasing your standard of living because you're used to buying certain things. And before you know it, you have more bills a couple months down the road. So by restricting yourself to a bubble, let's call it a budget bubble, you're not allowing yourself to give that freedom to move outside that standard of living. Obviously, if you have that shortage, like I said, go back up, figure out what to cut. You're gonna to have to make some hard decisions, very difficult decisions. And if you've cut every single expense item that you possibly can, and you still are in the negative, I want you to go to our podcast on episode 11 and figure out ways of how to make extra income so that you can get to at least a zero balance. All right? I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram at dollarotter underscore blog, B-L-O-G. And give me a thumbs up. Give me a like. Let me know if you guys like this podcast. And until next time, you guys have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank you.